Don't let taxes derail your retirement and estate planning. On today's show, we'll outline several strategies that could help keep more of your retirement dollars where they belong, with you. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jules. It's time once again for Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton for Dual Financial Strategies along with our full house uh, in studio, Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And we're going to be talking about your retirement, uh, the retirement lifestyle review that they can provide for you. And uh, lots of good topics uh, coming up on the program today, uh, starting with considering some strategies involving maximizing uh, your Roth IRA possibilities and health savings accounts. These are a couple of things, Sam, that uh, a lot of people... Uh, can uh, think about to keep more of what they've saved over the years. So it's important if you're in the uh, that red zone of retirement, five, six years away, it's never too early to start thinking about uh, analyzing your retirement savings, right? Yeah, that's for sure. And that's, that is the place to start before you can really figure out how to maximize any of these contributions into these various accounts. Well, you've got to analyze where you're at right now. Uh, and if you're like, you know, a lot of Americans, you probably have a number of different savings accounts. Uh, some of those could be tax deferred. That's the ones like the 401ks, the 403bs, IRAs, 457 plans. Those are called tax deferred accounts. Uh, others could be taxable or tax free. Things like Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks. Those are all the tax free accounts. But what you want to do if, uh, to start with is just add up all of your accounts and determine how much retirement savings you have in total. We need to know what do you have to draw from. Yeah, that's a key. Uh, where you have to draw from is uh, vital. And the next thing uh, that we think of is Uncle Sam and, of course, uh, Aunt Wisconsin uh, assessing retirement tax liability. That is so important because that, Andy, can really eat away at your retirement savings. Yeah, she just stepped away from the uh, microphone, Chuck. She's abandoned us, so I'll, I'll take it. I'll right, take well, tax let's liability. Redo, okay, let's redo that then. Okay. Okay. I th All right, we can so, go either way. Okay. So again, Sam, as you said, uh, while it's important to uh, analyze your retirement savings, uh, I think it's also important with uh, the taxes being what they are, state of Wisconsin, Uncle Sam, that you assess your retirement tax liability. That's important, too. Oh, it's absolutely important. And I think that's probably one of the areas, Chuck, that most people miss the most. Uh, we find it's one of the areas that uh, that people have the most questions about uh, when you come in to see us uh, is what's that retirement tax liability going to look like? Because the reality is most of you have saved the vast majority of your retirement savings money in these tax deferred accounts that I mentioned. So that means that you've never paid any taxes on that money. The money went into your 401k pre-tax and now it has grown inside of that account tax deferred. And at some point in time, we're going to either you know, pull it out to spend it voluntarily or the government's going to force you to take it out of there when you reach the attained age. And when that happens, Chuck, it gets taxed exactly the same as your paycheck would. It's just ordinary income. So we've assessed the retirement savings. Now we have to assess how much money is in these various different accounts because that is going to lead to a direct discussion about what does your tax exposure look like? And you need to be really careful about this, folks, because we find that in many cases, you don't have any idea what your tax liability is gonna look like and you're not planning for it. 
You look at all of the risk factors, we look at all of those types of things, but I would argue that the single largest risk that you have facing you in retirement, it isn't the stock market, it isn't old age, it isn't running out of money, it's taxation and not understanding just how much of your accounts that's gonna eat away because it could be 25, 30 plus percent mm -hmm. that you're gonna give back to the government because you've never assessed your tax liability. No, that's true, and uh, you can't duck that, can you, Luke? Because uh, it's one of those things, uh, like death and taxes, they are assured uh, in our life, and unfortunately, uh, there's something that, uh, you know, I never thought about. I'm 70 years old, but I wish I would have done this one a little sooner uh, than now, and that is to figure out my RMD distributions, because I'd like to pour a lot into a Roth uh, before I do that and make, maybe make some conversions so I can save on those taxes, but uh, figuring out your estimated required minimum distributions is important, isn't it, Luke, as you approach the age of 72? You've got to uh, look ahead and uh, figure out what you're going to owe that way uh, in terms of what you're forced to take out of your accounts. Right. You know, because Sam's just talking about tax liability. And one of the, the first areas for those in retirement they need to consider is how much is your required minimum distribution going to be? Because the majority of the balances of your retirement accounts are sitting in tax deferred accounts. And so the more tax um, you're going to pay in retirement is going to come as a result of these required distributions. And Congress did recently push back the date at which you need to take your required distribution. So anyone born on or before July 1st, 1945, you still need to begin to take your required distribution at age 72. That's a change from 70 and a half years old. That's kind of old news at this point, but it is worth uh, repeating. And at whatever age you need to, you know, sort of kick in your required distribution, you must take out a specific amount each year based on your life expectancy, your lifespan, and that's calculated through the IRS tax tables. And the reason this is important is because all this money flowing out as, as a required distribution is getting added to all of your other income, Social Security, pension income, other retirement income. Um, and as we age, as we all age and go further along into retirement, that percentage that you have to take out also is growing every year yeah that's the thing i've already looked at the tables i've kind of looked ahead <laughs> to see what the divisor is going to be and uh, i'm kind of divided on my liking for that so sam uh we can mitigate some of this uh, with a roth conversion can't we yeah and this is something that you can look at uh in between the time when you retire and you have to start taking your uh, IRA distributions as a Roth conversion. And a Roth conversion is nothing more than taking your existing IRA that's tax deferred and converting it into a tax-free Roth IRA. There are no income limitations for doing that. You don't have to have any earned income in order to be able to do it. The thing you want to do here is you want to have a very, very clear and concise conversation with your financial advisor and with your tax preparer or your tax consultant to make sure that doing this Roth conversion is not going to push you into another tax bracket. In other words, you could end up uh, you know, kind of defeating the whole purpose of it if you end up paying considerably more taxes on this because you haven't calculated that correctly. The other thing you want to consider when doing a Roth conversion is something called IRMA. And IRMA is simply a surcharge that exists on Medicare uh, payments, the amount of money that you have to pay into Medicare if your income gets too high. But that is a way to get money out of uh, an IRA and into a tax-free vessel is via a conversion. Absolutely. Now, uh, more on Roth, uh, Luke, uh, because if you're still working... Andy. Okay. 
All right, Andy's there? All right. Yep, Andy's back. Sorry. All right. Okay, so now, Andy, uh, when we talk about these Roth conversions, there's another way you can uh, kind of skin a cat, and that is to save more in a Roth, because as long as you're working, uh, you can do that and stack away tax-free money for the future. You can. So if you have an option um, to contribute to a Roth within your 401k plan, that is most people's primary um, choice to do that. It's easy. It comes right out of your check. Um, it will essentially take taxed dollars so it's already been taxed funnel it into your Roth um, and that way you've gotten this start on a tax-free bucket of money now there's some limitations on that if you have an outside Roth account then you are limited based on your age so if you're under 50 years old six thousand dollars is the maximum if you're over 50 you can put in an extra thousand go to seven thousand but if you are still looking for something that can possibly give you more tax-free income later on or an alternative or in conjunction with, um, you could potentially look at doing what's called alert plan, life insurance retirement plan. And that's another way to create tax-free income later on. Um, and you're also not dictated by how much you can put in or when you can take it out. So there's there are a few options out there. I don't think the... Um, I don't think the LERPs get much attention like I believe they should considering how flexible they can be. So um, working with someone that has a good working knowledge of how these tools can go hand in hand can be a real benefit to you. And when you're talking to your kids and grandkids, um, they they are the ones that are really, I mean, you've worked and you've saved and you likely have a majority of your savings in traditional plans because Ross weren't available, but your kids and grandkids, I mean, let's face it, taxes are not likely to go down considering the debt we're in. So anything that they could do to start looking at tax-free buckets of money for their retirement um, and also not sure you know, what sort of shape they're going to get from Social Security. So just be mindful of those things. There are a number of tools that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And again, they're going to be faced with that tax burden too because they're going to have to liquidate over a 10-year period of time when they uh, acquire right. your assets as the parent. So uh, wrapping things up into a segment, Sam, let's talk about uh, contributing to a health savings account. Now, I know a lot of people are not eligible to do this. There's certain requirements. Let's, let's talk about some of the uh, tax deductibility and uh, some of the advantages of doing a health savings account. Yeah, the one thing that you do have to uh, be enrolled in if you're going to contribute to a health savings plan or what they call an HSA is you have to be in a high deductible health plan. Uh, in that position, you can contribute to an HSA and you can invest that money uh, for retirement health care expenses. We often uh, will tell people when you come in for a retirement lifestyle review, <clears throat> But this HSA, if you have that option and access to it uh, in the latter years of your working, is a phenomenally good thing for you to max fund into. We highly, highly recommend that you use that tool to its maximum benefit. Absolutely. So this is where you come in in the Fox Valley you can help people do that. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the things that we offer on the radio show. Uh, those of you that have, maybe you're just starting to hear us or you've been listening to us for years, uh, Come on in and, and uh, sit down with us for an hour. We've got an office in Green Bay. We've got one in Appleton. Uh, if you're hearing our voices and you're within a reasonable driving distance of one of our offices, sit down with Andy or with Luke or with myself, and let's talk about what you are looking for in retirement. We call it a retirement lifestyle review, but basically it's a conversation. We'll send you out a little packet before you come in uh, to let you know what would be helpful to have you bring in so that the time is best spent. But let's just have a conversation about what you want 
want to achieve in retirement. And while you're there, I'll get you a copy of my book. I just did a second printing on Purpose Determines Placement, and that'll give a really good idea for you, too, to the steps that you need to take to not only retire, but more importantly, Chuck, stay retired. Absolutely. And you can retire your way. It's all about your retirement. Sam's absolutely right. And the way you can get a hold of them, no cost, no obligation. Just sit down and uh, put a meeting together with yourself and uh, the fine folks here at Dual Financial Strategies by calling 866-203-7486. That is 866-203-7486. And as Sam said, he'll grace you with a copy of his book, Second Printing. It's very popular, Purpose Determines Placement. Remember that they're independent and they're all about you and your retirement. That's the fiduciary standard they uphold. Once again, 866-203-7486. That's the number. And uh, I is the letter. And we're going to talk about that I word in the next segment, aren't we, Sam? Yeah, that I word is inflation, and it is at a 40-year high. And most folks agree that taxes are going up and the market continues to be volatile. When we come back, we'll outline some ways to help you navigate your path to retirement through these tumultuous times. Your retirement continuing now here in the Fox Valley. I'm Chuck Caton uh, with Dual Financial Strategies, Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and we're going to talk about inflation. And I can go back to Saturday Night Live in the early 80s when we last had this double-digit inflation to uh, Gilda Radner. Now, she was from Oak Park, Michigan. The late Gilda Radner was a very talented comedian who played Roseanne Rosanna Dana. You remember that, Sam. I think I all indeed. of you guys are maybe a little younger than uh, our uh, listening audience, maybe that it's approaching retirement. So maybe you do remember, or maybe your parents had to tell you about it. But she said, hey, it's always something. She would talk to Jane Curtin, and she said, uh, it's always something. If it ain't one thing, it's another. And that seems to be, Sam, with uh, all this market volatility, the same thing uh, that's happening now to uh, possibly un- unnerve some of our uh, people in our audience that are investing at any age, but particularly those who are entering retirement or are listening to this show very closely. So while market swings might leave you feeling powerless, uh, sometimes uncertainty and volatility remind us to focus on some of the things we can control. And there yeah. are some things, right, Sam? Because you've got five ways, and you, uh, Luke, and Andy are going to discuss those ways to maintain control of your retirement security no matter what uh, the markets throw at you because we've seen it go up and down and all the way around. But I guess one of the ways you can quell this is to possibly work longer. I mean, that seems simple, but uh, maybe uh, that's something that you would want to do anyway. Well, it, you got to control the things that you can control, and you're right. You don't want to get anxious and and fretful about things that you have absolutely zero control over. Uh, you know, Chuck, I've been doing this for more than two decades now. I'm starting to push into, I think, close to my 22nd year at doing this. Beautiful. And I've seen market volatility. Yep. I've seen a lot of these things. Now, we have not seen inflation uh, during my tenure in this job like we're seeing right now, but I've seen some market volatility, and I'm getting sick of it. It's like, like Roseanne, Rosetta, it's if it ain't one thing, it's another. So may not be the thing you want to hear but i'll tell you what if you need to work a little bit longer right now if you need to defer or delay that retirement you've been thinking about for another year or two or something like that i would a whole lot rather delay retirement now than to get to where i am in my late 70s or my 80s or something and all of a sudden i'm running out of dough 
because I retired in a very volatile time frame. I retired into a down stock market. I retired into a down portfolio. I'd rather give up another 6, 12, 18, 24 months today than to get deep into retirement and all of a sudden be looking at that job application so that you can ask somebody if they want to supersize those fries because that is not the option you're looking for. Yeah, lots of different uh, things to look at. And I <clears throat> can just say that uh, when we uh, look at retirement, you got all that time on your hands. And uh, Andy, I think that uh, one of the things you could also do to uh, assuage some of this volatility is maybe add guaranteed income. Now, we talk about guaranteed income, and a lot of people say, well, what income is guaranteed if I'm not working? Uh, how do I guarantee income in retirement? Well, there's a few different ways that you can do that. If you are fortunate enough to have a pension, um, there that is a perfect example of a fixed income that you cannot outlive. Now, it depends on how you've taken that out as to whether it's going to go for just your life or both lifetimes as far as you and your spouse. Um, Social Security would be considered a guaranteed income strategy or a guaranteed income source. There's a few different ways that you can consider taking that out. Um, big things that I would look at in regard to Social Security is is Obviously, it's an 8% increase every year that you don't touch it. So the longer you can wait or get to full retirement age before you turn it on, the better. Um, if you have a spouse that's a little bit younger than you, the other part of that is certainly um, should one of you pass away, then whoever's remaining spouse would have more dollars and cents by waiting to turn that on. Another thing that you can consider is setting up your own pension, and that would be through using some type of annuity. Now, there are a number of annuities that are out there, so be mindful about what you're doing. There is fixed, there's fixed index, there's also variable. Basically, the big differences between those are fees. So you have to be very conscious and careful about who you're working with and what tools they have available to offer you. And risk, too. Fees and risk. And risk. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, the other thing that came up and we had this incident was fraud. Be very careful regarding oh, uh. fraud. There are tons and tons of people that are calling and attempting to say that they are from your banking institution or from some other institution and they have this really great deal. And I just don't want anybody to fall victim of this situation. We have come across a number of situations lately where our clients have contacted us and we've been able to help them um, ferret out what was actually going on. So be very careful. Most of these financial institutions will not call you and they will certainly not tell you to not tell anybody um, what you're doing. So be careful when you are picking up the phone if you don't know the number <laughs> we I, just had that happen andy within the last two weeks I know. Where we oh. had one of our longtime clients that yep. we thank thank goodness she called us to liquidate all of her accounts because wow. she was sending that money out and oh. it was somebody from a well-recognized major financial institution uh they had gotten into her computer yeah. they had oh it was it was Scary. thank goodness we were able yeah. to get everything circumvented she's fine we got everything shut down wow but that is something Hey, you well, know, you want to have guaranteed income? Don't yeah. let somebody steal your money. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I've got a solution for it. I'll, I'll just digress for a little bit. If you call my home phone number uh, in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, where I'm sitting right now, you'll hear the following message. You've reached the Catons. If you're a friend of ours, leave a message. If you're not, 
buzz off if you're a telemarketer. <laughs> and I use the word buzz because my wife didn't want me to use the other word. But anyway, yeah, I'm sure. So I don't know what that might have been. That would that would be how. See, we we screen our phone calls at home if we don't. So again, that's a tough story. But I'm glad you were able to help that lady. So, all right, uh, we're talking about different ways to uh, deal with market volatility here. So, Luke, I guess this is a Yogi Bearism. Uh, adjust your spending habits, right? Why not if you have to? Right. It's sort of the obvious one, but um, you can start to reduce or cut out different areas of your spending to help help with uh, controlling your retirement security. But another sort of factor to consider here is if you're guaranteed income from Social Security, pension, what have you, um, is essentially covering your expenses. Um, you've got more flexibility with your portfolio withdrawals um, to... Um, sort of alleviate some of that discretionary spending that you've got. So rather than withdrawing the same inflation-adjusted dollar amount year after year after year, which can cause nail-biting portfolio declines when the market's dropping, consider withdrawing a variable amount each year. All right, that's very, very good advice there from Luke Van Abel here, Dual Financial Strategies. And Sam, uh, what about building a cash buffer? That never hurts. Uh, cash buffer is important, you know, and, and I, I would say if you're one of those folks that are, let's say you're, you know, you're 61, 62 years old right now and you're thinking, I'm going to go ahead and retire. Um, building a cash buffer for people at that age group is very important because you're going to have a window there where you're probably going to be paying health insurance premiums. You got three years before you're going to be able to jump on to Medicare. So anything that you would see in your pending retirement that's going to require a reasonably large outlay of cash, health insurance being the number one thing, that's the number one question you ask us when you come in. Hey, how do I afford health insurance? If you're if you can't jump onto a spouse's plan or whatever the case might be, how am I going to be able to afford health insurance? I would say if you're going to retire at 62, start thinking about this at 59. Mm-hmm. Maybe you even pull back the contributions into your 401k a little bit. Maybe you pull back the contributions into your savings accounts because folks, money is money when it comes to retirement you're going to spend it from somewhere right so why not go ahead and build yourself a bigger cash buffer if we know that you're going to have a window there where we're going to need access to that cash the other beautiful thing about building a cash buffer right now i get it they're paying you a quarter of a percent it's it's criminal but if you build that cash buffer now we don't have a taxable issue either yeah. We're not sitting here with you two or three years out from retirement having to pull money from those taxable accounts. It'll be a really, really good thing for you. So cash can be king in certain in- instances, and you're just going to have to swallow the fact that you're not going to make any money on it sitting in the bank. Yeah, what about when? What about if people uh, all of a sudden have you know more than six months or a year's worth in that cash bucket? It's, it all depends upon, I think, Luke, on comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's, we've got all of the different formulas and things that we say we can follow. But when it comes down to cash for people, I just had this conversation with some folks that came in for a first meeting a couple of weeks ago, and they sat on a lot of cash. Uh, and I would I will say in, in the interest of full disclosure, Andy and I sat on way more cash than what is makes any sense from an investment standpoint but if it makes you comfortable to have that much cash i don't think there's anything wrong with it no sure uh, uh, you hear preacher the choir with me too uh, I'm, I'm not i'm almost embarrassed to tell you how much i have in a non-interest uh, account called the savings account anyway do you want me to take care of that for you chuck yeah. if you want to just send it up i'll okay i then, can put it hold on a second let me i'll put it in my left pocket and you let me know when you want okay it. That, that's good okay as long as you're reputable and you it's are it's not going to make any money there either but <laughs> I, I hear you. all right uh, andy we're 
got about 30 seconds. Trimming your tax bill. Uh, let's talk about because in volatile times, you could do that too. Well, certainly you could do it. And I guess it's the bright side of market volatility. So it may open up some tax savings opportunities to you. And, you know, unfortunately, if you're losing some holdings and taxable accounts, consider harvesting some of those losses to offset gains elsewhere. So it's a good time when you can do that because otherwise you're limited to only $3,000 a year that you can carry forward. But if you actually do tax loss harvesting, you can go through and kind of clean up the page and say, all right, we had these gains. We can offset that. We can take some money out and do whatever you need to. So just remember that there is definitely some options there to consider. Um, and you just have to be working with someone that actually can give you some good insight on how to do that. Absolutely. And that should be dual financial strategies for you, right, Sam? Well, you know, let's at least have the conversation. We don't know who you are, what you are, where you want to go to. We don't know if we're a fit for you. I mean, candidly, but we don't know if you're a fit for us. But let's find out. Let's let's just sit down for an hour. we got an office in Green Bay. We've got an office in Appleton. Uh, let's just sit down for an hour or so. Sit down with Andy or with Luke or with myself, and let's just figure out – what are you trying to do? Can we add some value to your life? Can we add some value to your upcoming retirement? This is a big decision for you. Um, you should probably be interviewing two or three different advisors just to get a taste and a feel for how the different ones work. And if we feel right, then maybe we're the choice for you. But the only way we're going to find that out is if you make the call and we sit down together and let's have that chat. All right, and that chat can be easily had anywhere you're hearing us at the Fox Valley because it is all about your retirement. To get that retirement lifestyle review that Sam's talking about, you know, give them a call. No cost, no obligation to make that appointment to talk to see if you're a fit at uh, 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And whether it's Sam or Andy or Luke, you'll feel comfortable uh, discussing your retirement plans because it is all about your retirement with dual financial strategies with over a score of years of experience. Once again, it's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe some basics in retirement, right, Sam, in the next segment? You know, everything that you do, Chuck, it's always good to go back and explore the basics from time to time. And when we come back, we're going to outline four key factors to consider and how to develop a plan that can help you not only get to retirement, but through retirement. Financial Strategies is the place. This is your retirement. This is the show that uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel uh, join us every week. My name's Chuck Caton, and we are ready to discuss uh, your retirement. And with all of the volatility that's going on, planning ahead is one of the best ways to prepare for a comfortable retirement. I think you'd agree with that. And it's all about simplicity. It's simple. You work, you save, then you retire. Super easy, right? But uh, you need to keep track of your savings and adopt some strategies for uh, generating some income. Because after all, you're working for yourself. It'll be a thoughtful approach that can help you sustain your lifestyle if you're prepared with a plan as you move into the next phase of your life. And that is uh, very, very important. So, Sam, we're going to start with uh, three little things that uh, will help you generate income in retirement. Because as we say, you're starting to work for yourself uh, and uh, you owe yourself the paycheck, so you better have the money to do so, right? Chuck, I believe that 
going into retirement is not that different than having a small business because you have every element of owning a business when you go into retirement. You're responsible for the cash flow. You're responsible for the budget. You're responsible for the overhead. You're responsible for all of those different things. So think of it that way. Think of it almost like a business plan. So what's my source of cash? For most of you, a workplace retirement fund. You had your 401k, you've got your 403b, whatever vehicle that you had during uh, your working years, that's going to be your source of funds for that. Now, we have to take that and you have to turn it, uh, you know, you have to change it from this bucket of money into a paycheck every month. You, just, just having this big pile of money and then picking away at it until it's gone, that's not a retirement plan. That's setting yourself up for failure. So we got to take the retirement plan. We've got to figure out how does it generate enough money to fill in the guaranteed income gap? Because you're going to have social security. That's a guaranteed income. How much beyond social security do you need to pull from those retirement plans in order to meet your monthly expenses? Net of taxes. Keep that in mind. Net of taxes. Hey, Sam, I live on $60,000 a year. I live on $5,000 a month. Okay, but you don't live on $60,000 a year. You live on 70 some thousand dollars a year because you got to pay state and federal taxes. And then if you have a pension, how are we going to take the pension? Do we take it as a monthly income? Do we take it as a lump sum? But all of these things have to be thought of because this money has to funnel from all of these different buckets that you've put it into over your working years. And then it's got to be mailbox money so that you get to go out there and you get to pick up that check once a month. Yeah, it's interesting, Sam, that uh, people uh, never think about that because it comes out of their checks when they're working. And I'm talking about uh, Social Security, uh, yep. federal tax, state tax, whatever. So you yep. don't really see it. And and I love your analogy of saying that you're almost running your own business. Because you it, are. It, it's you are. absolutely true with all of it. And, and so, Andy, as we uh, dovetail to this, uh, one of the things businesses do and one of the things they provide for their employees is health care. So you've got to address those health care costs in retirement, too, because they can be big. Well, I think that's one of actually the, the most challenging for people is the, you know, being accustomed to having health insurance while you're working. And if you choose to retire prior to age 65 and, and go on to Medicare, then you have some other big challenges that you have to figure out. So that would include how do we cover those medical expenses? What is out there on the marketplace um, or ACA plans? And that can feel pretty darn overwhelming considering how do we qualify for this? Is you know, do we make too much for the subsidies, as they put it? it how do we qualify and get into the plan that fits us the best? Um, health savings accounts can be helpful knowing which type of health plan you have. So if you've had a high deductible plan and you've been able to put money aside in an HSA, you are limited every year, sort of like an outside IRA, you're limited. Um, but you can put money into an HSA and as long as you have a high deductible plan. Um, and that gives you the availability of putting uh, not taxed money away. And as long as you use it for qualified medical expenses, then you can pull it out without paying any taxes on it. You will need to keep track of that um, from a tax perspective later on, just so that you've got backups on it. The other thing to take into consideration is long-term care. What are you doing? Some of you come in because it's a real hot topic for you because you're dealing with your aging parents. What type of long-term care plans do they have? What are available to you now? 
we tend to move in the direction of hybrid policies, which combine life insurance with long-term care benefits. And the, the nice thing about those, or what we really appreciate about those, is that your premium stays the same. It can never go up. Where traditional long-term care plans, the premium can go up, and it oftentimes does go up, and you have no control over how much that can go up, and that's totally based on the insurance company. So having cut care or coverage for in-home care, assisted living, nursing home, um, or any other expenses that are not generally covered by Medicare could be a real asset to you. And also protect your loved ones. I mean, if you figure your average stay in a nursing facility is about 36 months, and you're talking somewhere between seventy dollars and $90,000 a year that that's going to cost, how long can you do that? How does that impact the savings that you have set aside for your remaining spouse? So it's important that you do take a look at some of these end of life kind of questions. Um, the other thing is Medicare. Medicare can be incredibly confusing. You have to be 65 in order to get into it. What does it cover? Unless there's and, certain conditions. <laughs> right. Um so there always seems to be a little bit like gotchas that you just got to be mindful of and work with somebody who has a great working knowledge of that. Well, yeah, you're, again, uh, talking my language there, Andy, because I'll just tell you a quick little story before we go to Luke and talk about tax implications of all of this in retirement is I'm going to have to spend about $5,000 for cataract surgery because they won't uh, cover laser, uh, nope. uh, the uh, the more safe way to do a cataract uh, operation on both my eyes. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what the heck's going on with this? If I do the knife, the no-cost one, that is more dangerous, I guess, or was the way they did it before laser, yeah. it wouldn't cost you anything, you know, out yeah, of pocket, right? Now, they're hopelessly behind on, yeah. on techno technology today. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. I mean, I, yeah. I, I just got to, I fell off my chair when my doctor last week told me what it was going to cost, and I'm not even getting the Cadillac of cataracts, so to speak. I'm getting the, the moderate one. I could have spent about 10000 if I wanted to do something else, but I told have you her you considered I, a dog and a cane? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I should probably at this it's point. It's going to mess up your golf game, though, oh, so I know, that's all amazing. I'm saying. Yeah, well, I'm not complaining. We got it. Like you said, and it goes back to what you said before, Sam, about having an, uh, enough money in your uh, rainy day fund to be able to pay for that, so we're not going to be hurting that way. But what about tax implications, Luke, uh, to all all of this uh, when your uh, income situation changes. Yeah, we can't overestimate this enough. I mean, this is one area that we actually have control over, and that is the taxes. So as your income situation changes, your tax situation is likely going to change as well. And so to help reduce some of the tax impact that you're going to have, it's important to have a clear sense in which uh, sources of income are considered taxable and which of them are tax-free. So uh, things like Social Security benefits, your pension benefits, withdrawals from earnings from those 401ks, from 403bs, from all of your traditional IRAs, those are generally taxable. And while certain types of withdrawals, like from your Roth IRA or your Roth 401k, are typically exempt, we want to consider all these different nuances to determine what kind of tax we're going to have coming in. And there's some other little nuances that come to mind, like, you know, the municipal bond interest that you have coming in. That 
can impact traditionally it's not taxable but it can impact your social security and how much of your social security is taxed and you also want to think about you know where do you fall understanding where you fall in the overall tax bracket when you're looking at all of these different areas that you're going to be taxed on to know do you have room do you not have room that's going to help determine where you pull from and ensure that you're not just picking away at the money that you've got a real plan for um your retirement and how that's coming out in a very systematic manner. Absolutely. Great advice there. So, Sam, as we wrap it up here, I don't think we can overemphasize the fact that you better be prepared for end of life and maybe establish, well, not maybe, definitely establish an estate plan. We have devoted an entire chapter to estate planning in that book, Purpose Determines Placement. It was written by uh, one of the highly, uh, highly regarded local attorneys in the Appleton area. Uh, and I cannot emphasize enough, you need to get this done. I believe that a well-crafted and well-thought-out estate plan, and folks, estate plans aren't just for rich people. I'm just talking about even just the basics, even just a will and a power of attorney for finance and a power of attorney for health care, just the basics. That's an estate plan. It's just a directive that's saying, hey, ultimately, when I check out, here's what I'd like to have you, whoever you is, do get that done just get it done and unfortunately the statistics i think typically only about 15 or 20 percent of people ever establish an estate plan it doesn't have to be expensive it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be difficult if you don't know an attorney that can do that and the other thing i recommend is that use a firm that focuses on doing estate planning estate planning is complicated estate planning is difficult Estate planning is not boilerplate, one size fits all. In my 22 years, 21 years, however long it is of doing this, I have never in my career, out of the many thousands of you that I've spoken with, I have never seen two of you alike that needed the exact same type of estate plan structure. The basics, yes. The contents, no. Select a good attorney. If you don't know one, let us know. We have contact with several that are reputable, that we have experience with, and that we can vouch for the quality of their work. We'll be happy to get you pointed in the right direction. But please, 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 for the people that come after you, get this done. Absolutely. And that's just one of the services uh, that they can provide at Dual Financial Strategies with uh, their over 20 years of experience, as Sam just mentioned, because it's about your retirement. It's about your preparation for uh, uh, people that uh, you want to leave the legacy to. And again, it's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. Uh, you make a no-cost, no-obligation appointment with Sam, Andy, or Luke uh, anywhere in the Fox Valley. Uh, within the sound of our voices. And uh, as they are independent, uh, they will steer you in the proper direction because it is about your retirement. Sam said it best. There is not uh, one person out there listening that has the same situation, exact same situation as another. He's seen it all. They've done it all at Dual Financial Strategies. So again, let them come in. Uh, once you come in and have that no cost, no obligation review so that you can get that retirement lifestyle review. 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. Fast-moving show, Sam. What's coming up next? When we come back, we're going to highlight some of the most asked questions this week.
back here on uh, Your Retirement. Chuck Caton with uh, Luke Bynabel, Andy Schooler, Sam Duell. I didn't give you top billing this time, Sam. I don't know uh, if you're upset with that because, uh, uh, well, I've got my uh, sunglasses and cane, and I forgot to uh, yes. mention you yeah, first. Yeah, don't forget the dog. Don't forget <laughs> the, the dog. dog. We have three of them if you need to borrow one. Oh, just to get okay. Yes. Along with that uh, amount of money that I'm going to send you, you can send me the dog, the license. I can send you one. Yes, the leash he, and everything. Our, our dogs will not take you anywhere other than like to a food dish or a dog bed to sleep, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's a purebred Wisconsin dog, as, uh, as some of our listeners don't realize, I used to live in that wonderful state uh, many years ago. Back and in since the... you won't be able to see it, you're not going to know anyway, so absolutely, <laughs> it's purebred. <laughs> is it whole wheat, too? Okay. It is. It is. Very whole yeah, wheat. Dogs. I'll tell you. Yeah, and, and, and we talk about inflation today. We shouldn't be joking about inflation, but uh, those, were, those were the days that I lived there, uh, 70s yeah. to 80, and uh, boy, that was a tough time. And I did watch Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. Anyway, we're all set to go uh, with some questions, and we're going to start in freedom with Paul. And Sam, he wants to know, I'm 67 and retired, but I keep hearing commercials about converting my IRA into a gold IRA. I don't know what uh, all the volatility that's going on right now. Do you think that's a good idea? And is that something that you would recommend? I've seen ad nauseum tons of commercials, Sam, yeah. on all of these financial networks about the gold IRA. What about it? Um, it's an easy question to answer, Paul. You're asking my opinion. Uh, do I think it's a good idea? That answer would be no. Uh, is it something you would recommend doing? That answer would be uh, no. And the reason that I say that is because these are sales pitches. What you're seeing is not a retirement strategy. It is not an investment strategy. It is a sales pitch by commissioned salespeople. That's it, period. We have experienced a couple of times when people have come in and they owned gold IRAs. They had been pitched into putting their their IRA into gold. And actually, Luke can speak to this better than I can because the last case we had was one that he handled. And Luke, as I recall, they lost a ton of money. They did. They did nothing but lose money in it. Mm -hmm. And it was the nice thing about this is that their, their brother-in-law was a person that was kind enough mm -hmm. to have gotten them into this to begin with. And I recall you going through the process with them to unwind that thing, and it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. Wow. Oh. To get their own money out of it and put it back into another IRA, it would just it was time a, effort. Horrible. I mean, I, and they they had to do everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, ordinarily, when you move an investment from one spot to another spot, that's all done behind the scenes by what we call the contra firms, the people that hold the money and going to receive the money. They had to do everything, Chuck. They had to go out and secure a buyer for the gold that was in their IRA. Mm -hmm. wow. They had to handle the transfer. Was they had to handle the fees. It yeah. cost them thousands of dollars and just to get out of that. Wasn't place. it mm -hmm. something like four or six months for that whole process? Oh, it just to, dragged forever. Yeah, it just yeah. dragged on right. and I mean, on. Because there was all these things. It was like, oh, you've got to do this next, and you got to take care of that, just like Sam was saying. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So the answer to the question, Paul, no. Okay, no. very do good. Something. If you want to own gold, you can own gold. The exchange traded fund is GLD. There. You can own gold <laughs> in an IRA. It's 100% liquid. You don't have any holding fees. You don't have any storage fees. There's your answer for holding gold. Do not, under any circumstances, fall prey to these scams where they're trying to pitch you on putting your gold into an IRA or putting your IRA into gold. Oh, there you go. So the uh, Robert F. Kennedy look-alike and uh, the man who wrote uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad are really kind of 
just selling you something, I guess. All well, right. read read all of Kiyosaki's books, and you'll find that there isn't a grain of uh, of wisdom inside of those. <laughs> He's a great author, but you'd be hard pressed to find him listed as top financial advisor in any place in the world. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Let's go to De Pere now, uh, Andy, and Ernie is there, and uh, Ernie says uh, an IRA is uh, being willed to me, and if I inherit it before the age of fifty nine and a half, can I? Have it uh, sent directly to my own IRA? What are the tax implications if I do? Well, based under the SECURE Act of 2019, um, the laws have changed basically about how you have to take out this money. So yeah. if you are a non-spouse beneficiary of IRA money, meaning it's not coming from your wife in this situation, then the rules are you must take out the money immediately or within 10 years, and the account has to be cleaned out by that point in time. There is no longer the availability of doing what used to be called an inherited IRA. Stretch IRA. Yeah, stretch IRA. Yeah. Um, So... So unfortunately, no, it's irrelevant what age you are. You will have to pay taxes either immediately or as you take it out, but the account has to be cleaned out within 10 years. And and it doesn't matter what age you are. Actually, the biggest thing, Ernie, is what age was the person that you inherited the IRA from? Because that's where the rules come into play is how old were they, not necessarily how old were you. But if if that was not your spouse, you do have to keep it compartmentalized. You have to keep it in an entirely separate inherited IRA account, which has its own set of rules, has its own set of distribution parameters. Um, so make sure you're working with someone, uh, Ernie, when you, do, when you go through that process that has experience in these. Uh, again, it's another one of those things where no offense to anyone out there, uh, but I can't tell you how many mistakes we have unwound with people having inherited IRAs where the person that was handling it just didn't understand the rules because they are different. All righty. Let's go to Kimberly now. Rick is there, Luke, and uh, he wants to know, can you explain the living benefit on a life insurance policy? Uh, now, uh, I've never thought of life insurance as anything but a death benefit, so I'm curious as to how this works. Hello, Rick. That's a great question. This is a question we get all the time. We appreciate you listening. Uh, the living benefit is kind of like it sounds. Um, it's it's essentially building cash value that accumulates over your lifetime. It's considered a living benefit because it's accessible while you're living. And, you, and it's also not required that you use this living benefit or the cash value. Um, and there's a couple different ways that that can, can look like. So... Um, there's three areas one being you can take loans out against that cash value so if there's some sort of emergency that happens uh, maybe uh, college expenses for a grandchild or something like that you can take a loan against the cash value built up inside of the policy some other areas um, for those listeners of ours that are closer to retirement um, there's terminal illness type benefits so if you are diagnosed with a terminal illness and you only have X period of time to live, you can accelerate or use the majority of your death benefit proceeds to pay for medical expenses, to pay for maybe a dream trip with your family. Maybe you're just going to, you know, take the family and go on a dream trip to somewhere, pay, you know, sort of their wages for them to be gone for a while. Um, Or 
even seek alternative treatment if that might be available somewhere else. So you can use those proceeds for that while you're still living. And another area um, that we're seeing uh, that's very popular today, given that 70% of people today that are 65 years of age are needing some sort of long-term care, long-term care benefits can also be utilized here where you can use um, the proceeds of this policy while you're still living to cover long-term care expenses. And if for some reason you don't need them for long-term care expenses, then that death benefit that we traditionally think about with life insurance is still at play. Um, so those are some things to consider with um, the living benefits associated with life insurance. All right, final question comes uh, Sam from Rhonda in Sherwood who wants to know uh, your opinion of all the robo-advisor stuff that she's been hearing about. Uh, is it something worth looking into? I'm 57. I plan to retire at 67. Hey, Rhonda. Yeah, you know, there, there's some validity to the robo-advisor stuff that you're seeing. And, and at your age, when you're kind of in that, that mid to latter 50-something, you may not need, you know, the services of a uh, of a full-blown advisory firm like we do. We're advising on all aspects of retirement. We're right now at 57. If you're going to still work for another five, six, seven years, um, you may just need some sort of an automated process so that there are some you know, hopefully some strategic changes made to account balances and things like that. But robo-advisors understand they're no frills. Uh, you know, they're not going to give you any advice on Social Security, taxation, nothing. You're not going to get any advice from those folks. Um, all you're getting is basically a bit of a, uh, a, a souped-up managed account. That's supposed to be the theory. Now, the one thing I would say, because these uh, robo-advisor platforms have gotten more popular, we're seeing more and more of them. Some of them are much better than others. So do your research, do your due diligence on it. There's nothing wrong with the robo-advisor platform. It can be a very economical and efficient way to get the management that you want, but also understand that you know, a disembodied voice somewhere in California that probably is going to change every time you turn in, turn, uh, call into customer service, if that's the experience you're looking for, you can get it. It's cheap. If that's not the experience that you're looking for, then you'll have to start thinking about more of a full service thing, and you'll pay for that, obviously. Uh, but it all depends upon what exactly are your needs at this point in your life. All righty. Well, I guess I'm of a different generation. I would never consider a robo person, but anyway, I no, didn't. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of the, I'm kind of the eyeball to eyeball handshake guy. There but, you go. Uh, but there's yeah. a, there's a place for yeah. them, especially for okay. younger people, I think, because okay. it's, you know, you, I tell people all the time that's part of what we do, Chuck, in this uh, retirement lifestyle review that we talk about people come in for is really kind of making the determination do you even need a financial advisor do you need us do you need anybody else because i tell people all the time that are either they're very astute maybe they're great do-it-yourselfers uh, we don't have any problem folks if you come in and we just kind of maybe help dot some i's and cross some t's for you answer some questions that you might have i don't mind doing that that's that's part of what that retirement lifestyle review is about this is this is not a this is not a you know seek and destroy mission when you come in to do one of these where we're just trying to nail you down so that you're the next client no we're very selective about who we take matter of fact most of the time if you haven't saved at least two hundred fifty thousand dollars in your retirement accounts it will probably be something that we may not be able to help you long term with but we're happy to give you our knowledge to give you our experience to get you pointed in the right direction but it's all a part of that selection process but the first thing to determine do you even need a financial advisor 
at this stage in your life. And we can help you do that. Absolutely. And uh, here the uh, uh, the situation is very simple. You hear that passion in Sam's voice and Andy and Luke. Uh, they know what they're talking about. And uh, they're not just out to sell you something. As we said in that other segment when we talked about gold IRAs here earlier in uh, the questioning. So it's all about your retirement and what you want to do in it. So if you're in the Fox Valley, Green Bay, uh, to Appleton, to Appleton and uh, anywhere in between. Let's give uh, Dual Financial Strategies an opportunity to work with you at no cost, no obligation. Maybe it's a second opinion you would uh, request as well. 866-203-7486 is the number to make that appointment. Again, at no cost and no obligation uh, to meet with them about your retirement because it's all about you and it's custom for you. They'll work on your behalf. 866-203-7486. Eight, six. It's been a great show, uh, guys. Uh, thank you very much. And Sam, what are your final thoughts? Hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate your time on this weekend. We'll catch you here next weekend. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.